Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome to issue 648 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. Greetings, programs. Howdy. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. I don't think, I've, heard, howdy, I don't think you've actually said that in a really long time. I know, it's funny. Like I will still sometimes open the text of the show with greetings programs, and I almost never use it anymore. <laughs> but, you know... Still my thing, kinda, sorta. Whoa! So how's everyone? Ah, uh, fine. Yeah, that's that's a that's a <laughs> cool, 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 tight, tight. I uh, I reactivated my gym membership on Sunday, Ooh. Saturday, on Saturday, and I uh, started going back to the gym on Sunday and went early this morning. Because it opens at seven o'clock, so I got up at six to go to the gym. Ooh. Oh god! I don't know how I ever used to live that life. I used to like get up and be <laughs> out the door around six o'clock in the morning, so I could go see my trainer before <laughs> my eight thirty job. And I don't even get out of bed before eight thirty these days. I'm like, that's a different lifetime. I momentum and inertia. Yes. Yeah. We were like yes. we talked about. Yes, we talked day. about. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, that's, I just don't even see how it was possible that I, this person here, this human, got up before six o'clock ever in her life. That, so, that's because to, that to, was to willingly. That was pre 2020, you. <laughs> pre 2020 versions of all of us are totally different people that we would just look at and go, who the fuck are you? That's true. Pre-2020 me used to get up early and go jogging every other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I actually do really want to get back into something. I, I've been going through all those different therapies since like January. And I am finally at a point where like I'm not always in pain. Hmm. Um, and I mean, like I know that that's not a like, a, I, I haven't solved a problem. I have mitigated 
an issue and I do need to like keep doing all the things that I'm doing. But I also know that like if I had never stopped working out in the first place, I probably wouldn't have gotten so messed up. So So you got that going for you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, when when am I going to work out? I'm not going to get up early anymore. And then after work, there's there's dinner and and chores and 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 TV shows. Mm-hmm. So I don't just I just don't think there's any more room in my life, you know. No, <laughs> I mean, gross to add something to improve yourself. I know. <laughs> Ew. What's the point of improving yourself when there's like all this shit streaming? <laughs> Whatever. My what are we friends. getting? What are we getting healthy for anyway? What, just to live longer so, in this hellscape? Come on. Yeah, so we can be ripped during the fall of, of humanity? That Well, that there is actually, that's yeah, not a bad idea. That, that might come in handy, come to think of it. <laughs> I guess. All right, great. I get to stick around five more years. <laughs> it's like... Hard the, years, too. The, yeah, it's like the eighth book of the Left Behind series or something. God, my grandpa tried so hard to get me into those books. He was always like, I know you love fantasy and sci-fi so much. I think you'd really like these. I got half of the first one. And even at 13, I was like, these are bad. These are very bad. They are badly written. They're bad. They're they're evangelical um, fiction. Well, yeah, but in a way, so are the Chronicles of Narnia, and those aren't bad. Actually, those aren't evangelical; they're more allegorical towards Christianity. Though. That's correct. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, the, Left Behind is very much American evangelical propaganda fiction. Yeah, it is one <laughs> like I haven't read them. I've I read the source material. It's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they ever made a role-playing game out of it. Of course they have. I'm not going to go look live while we're talking. No, you're not. Because <laughs> I, I know there, there was a Christian fantasy role-playing game because I had it called Dragon Raid. Ooh, Dragon Raid. Oh, man. It was weird and also kind of awesome. So you only use D10s. Um, so the premise is that once Jesus left Earth... He went to this other planet that had like fantasy tropes and stuff. And um, <laughs> so on this planet, the devil took the form or the deceiver took the form of dragons and quote <laughs> evil races. So like, you know, orcs and trolls and stuff were the devil's races. Um, and when Jesus showed up there, he showed up as like a light bringer warrior. I forgot Oh, by the heroes are called Lightbringers. That's the other thing. Um, and instead of dying on the cross in that world, what he did is he turned himself into a giant waterfall and let all the dragons breathe fire and evaporate him. And then he went off as steam into the clouds and then returned three days later as like this like tiny like benign meteor storm. And that's how they justify the use of the D10. So when you buy, <laughs> when you buy the get box set, it came with two D10s that were like clear, like the crystalline style. And you know when you actually hold a D10 up, like from point to point, if it's a clear one, it makes a little star in the middle, 
just naturally because of the shape of a D10. Mm-hmm. So in the game, that star was a reminder of the Savior's love for you every time you looked through it. Thanks. I hate it. Ow. Um, I just, but, oh, my eyes rolled so hard. It just, oh, oh and fuck, that hurt. It still, it still had, like, spell casting, but to make it, you know, not the devil, all of your spells are based on the ability to memorize and recite Bible verses. And the stronger the spell, the bigger the Bible verse. Um, so yeah, my mom got me that book thinking it would help scratch the fantasy itch of wanting to play D and D, which like it didn't. And in the end, it kind of backfired because the few times I played it uh, with some friends, she caught me like memorizing some of the most metal sounding fucking passages in the Bible <laughs> and like, and like jumping on the bed and be like, and just like screaming them out loud. You're like, you know, the whole thing. And she's like, well, this didn't work out very well for me. That anyway, could go, that could have, that could have gone any, any number of ways. Yeah. Like, cause I feel like that's like origins for like, like a, like a hard evangelist who eventually ends up being on TV. I mean, possibly, yeah. I just wanted to sound really cool casting a spell. Like, I didn't really care about the Bible <laughs> verse. Uh, the one thing I will give this game, because this would have been like in the late, mid to late 80s, mm-hmm. it came with a cassette that wasn't like proselytizing. It wasn't religious. It actually gave like a 15-minute, like, audio radio drama style of like actual gameplay like it was well produced you had the sounds of like music and fighting and combat <clears throat> and then the narrator cut away and said that's an example of this that's when you would use the die rolls no let's get back to the adventure like that was kind of cool i was like oh all right that's not bad anyway dragon raid kids tangent one Oh my god, don't encourage people to keep track because, I don't know, that way lies danger. I'm kind of surprised and hurt that no one has yet. <laughs> That's too much to keep up with. Um, That's true. Well, since we've already completed one tangent, this is probably a good time to insert, uh, what are we on about tonight? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the first two episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, a couple of highlights from Star Wars Celebration, and then Avatar Book 2, Episodes 13 and 14, if I am not mistaken. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so do we dive right into Obi-Wan? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to have spoilers, guys, so if you haven't watched it yet, come back in 30 minutes. Roughly. I don't know. Um, man, that sucker opens with Order 66. Just goes right at it. Oh, sure yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah, it felt very awkward. I think they now have a disclaimer at the beginning of it now. Um, so does Stranger I... Things Season 4. Oh, I haven't I haven't seen that that one yet. I haven't We're, either, but it also opens with things happening in a school. Granted, it's like Eleven's creepy government. Hey, we're going to use your body's school, but you know, still a school. Yeah, we're we're. Uh, I think we're going to hold off um, to get to uh, July when the rest That's of the season comes too. out. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so you can just catch it all. Yeah. 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 You know, like like a, a good Pokemon trainer would. <laughs> um, um, I I don't think I I had the same. I think I talked about this when the first trailer dropped. It's like I don't have the same relationship with Obi Wan Kenobi and love of the character that a lot of people do. Sure. Um, and I certainly was. We watched the first two episodes not back to back, which. It's kind of my fault because I put it on way too late and then realized, oh, we, we were supposed to do mm. that. Um, so we watched episode one and then episode two the following day, and maybe that killed some of the momentum. It's hard to tell, but it still felt like two very different episodes. Um, it was fine. It just wasn't didn't, – didn't have a lot of – it didn't have oomph. And, and that's, I think I get that's what they're supposed to be going for. Yeah, it not having oomph is probably why I liked it. I liked that slow kind of two episode of like this character who is just like racked with guilt with having failed like, you know, his brother and it is so deeply impacting him. Um that to where like he even has problems partially by choice but even has problems just accessing the force now. Sure. He's just cut himself off. He's spent 10 he years can. not practicing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I really like that kind of slow build up to it. Um, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good for me. It was a really strong start. I think Ewan McGregor's like, I mean, but he's fucking great in everything he does. You know um, what I didn't expect, and I am pleasantly surprised was basically the narrative 180 they pulled on everybody because the trailer makes you think, yeah, he's going to go off planet, but it's all because he's protecting Luke. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he not protecting Luke. And I'm kind of like, didn't know that's what I wanted, but now that's what I want, you know, is, you know, him protecting Leia, like Leia has been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the young. I love the girl who's playing Leia. She's great. You know, I read complaints about how she's like just, just too witty and snappy. And I'm like, well, in like ten years, she becomes like the princess and senator that you know. So she's probably already going to be kind of a snarky little kid. I I don't like. I don't, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to cast dispersions on kids I've never met. But if like the ten year olds that you're hanging out with are. You know, math raising dullards. That's on them. Like, yeah, I've met some really fucking whip smart 10 year olds. I've yeah. met 10 year olds that have zero problem putting adults in their place. My my immediate instinct is that, that, no, you don't have a problem with a smart child or you think that that's out of place. You just don't want to see a smart little girl on TV. No. Or a black woman in your Star or, Wars. Or a black woman in your Star Wars. Yeah, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Oh, boy. Um, it's so depressing when they finally announced that, like, Lucasfilm actually warned her months ago, like, get ready. We'll try to help, but you're going to get the ugliest of emails and messages you can possibly imagine. Yep. Um, Just so that's in, super encouraging. Insert our standard... Dear fans of things, stop being fucking assholes. 
you're yeah. not listening to this show anyway, so I no, know you're not. Probably not. Yeah, no, I know. Um. So yeah, but I'm I'm digging this kind of like burned out Obi Wan who's, you know, basically working a meat packing plant, a, you know, a Tatooine version of a meat plant. Yeah. Um. And I love that he's like you know stealing some you know to feed his uh was it a wapo wapo his camel space camel his space camel. Mm-hmm. Um. I like Ewan McGregor was interviewed and he was really excited that this time he actually got to ride a camel. Unlike in episode two and three, he's like, they just put you on one of those balance beams and you just kind of have to do this yourself. He's like, <laughs> I got to ride a real camel and then they just digitally swapped it out. It's so much just better. little things. Yeah. Are they filming in front of the volume? For a lot of it, yeah. Especially okay. the the scenes on the uh, casino planet, the cyberpunk planet. Oh, sure. Um, that, and it's, there it's are not times for cyberpunk. It's not bisexually lit. Um, there are some of those where you can tell it's the volume too because the volume the one thing it can't do is create this is going to sound so weird it's always going to kind of look like it's on a set and that's because of like the floor Mm -hmm. Um, which I know seems weird but that's always kind of the giveaway of the volume it's still amazing and I fucking love it but um, yeah I mean I had some you know, some slight pacing issues, which I always have. Like, everyone's kind of making fun of chasing young Leia on Alderaan through the forest, you know, the, with Flea and the bad guys. They commented on the fact that she was not f- as physically um, able or capable of yeah, it's, that chase. So, that, like, they did what they could. And it's like, okay, I don't care. Yeah, no, I mean, even beyond that, even if she could have, like, for me personally, storytelling-wise, like, I don't need that chase. Like, no. You can show, you can have Flea show up. She turns around. Her Alderaan guard is there. Gets shot. She spins back, sees Flea. You put a bag on her head, and then you're off and running. It's yeah. I I think just, that was yeah. that's been most of the, at least around the uh, water cooler at Guardian. Um, that's been the commentary is like the th- feel of that entire chase feels almost comical and then flea kills a guy yeah that's exactly it it was like oh look at these like inept you know mercs wah, wah, wah. they can't catch the 10 year old yeah mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. like one of them is literally stopped by like a fallen tree that you could easily jump over like mm-hmm. i could easily have jumped over and he mm-hmm. goes like whoa yeah and then it cuts to flea just murking a dude and you're like yep oh, oh. okay okay oh, okay yeah well then he was the flea. Like I don't want to cast. Like I get it. Uh, the people who are famous are also big Star Wars fans, and he was probably really excited to be in Star Wars. That that was the cameo that, or that was the casting that fucking took me out. Like as soon as yeah. he showed up on screen, I'm like, I'm watching a TV show. Yeah, I'm not in Star Wars. I'm watching would, a TV show. I would agree with that. There have been other cameos in Star Wars where I've gone, well, like, fucking, it wasn't even a cameo. It was an extended stuff. But when the client first appears in The Mandalorian, I go, oh, shit, it's Werner Herzog. That still didn't take me out of the scene. No. At all. Nope. Um, Brian Pesane never took me out. Yeah, never took me out. Um, like, um, Kamal uh, Nanjani is in, ep- in episode two. Oh man! Like he's great. Didn't he is, didn't take me out of it at all. He is great. I actually really like him, but it felt 
it felt like Kumail Nanjiani and not a character within the universe. I get that. So it, it see, did, that one did that. take me out a little bit. I can see that because he has a very specific sense of comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it whenever he's doing it. Um, I still have a weird disconnect when I see Jack Camille Nanjiani, even though this is how he's been for like five years now. That is also weird. And I still go, oh man, it's just weird. Yep. Uh, I mean, good for him, but I still go, mm, you know, that's weird. I, I still blame uh, Stuber for that. Stuber? Like, I don't think you, yeah, the movie he did with Dave Batista. I don't think you hang out with Dave Batista making a, a buddy comedy cop movie. Um, <laughs> And then get looked at from Marvel and like Batista not go. So here's my workout program. I think you should try this. I think it's, it'll really help your chances. Yeah. Like I, you know, that that's what actors do. That's why, uh, like that was the, the thing with, um, Stargate SG one, the actor that played Teal worked out all the time and got to be friends with the actor that played Daniel Jackson and the more they talked, that's why suddenly the character of Daniel Jackson, who is the nerd, who is supposed to be there to just read books and interpret things, like season three, all the, he comes in, it's like, dude, what the, have you been working out? Yeah. You've literally been working out. Like he was yeah. fucking jacked. Like he went from Stargate SG-1 to play shirtless Hawkman on Smallville <laughs> because he could. It's like, damn, dude. <laughs> You got ripped. Good for him. <laughs> it, yeah, but you know that's actors talk to one another and they share their hobbies. You know, yeah. Um, I am really enjoying the character of Riva. Like, I'm super excited to see where we go with her. Hmm. Um. Yeah, because her agenda does not yes. seem. It, it is, is not. It yeah. It is clouded. And yeah. And, I've never it's like it's neat to see a character who's use actively using the inquisitors to further her own agenda. It's like, oh, that's different and dangerous as fuck. Yeah, I'm starting to think and there's yeah, there's an extra reason why she loathes Obi-Wan. Yeah, there yeah. there's some like direct beef between the two of them. Like maybe not that and maybe nothing that Obi-Wan is aware of, but like obviously he did something that impacted her in a big way. And, uh, and he's oblivious to it, but she has a vendetta. Kind of reminds me of those two sisters that Ahsoka meets in the, um, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the lower levels. And they're like, no, we fucking hate those people because all they do is like tear through your city, you know, for their own purposes. And they don't really, slow down to look at what like what collateral damage they're they're leaving behind like our parents mm-hmm. yeah i'm my gut tells me that somehow she was impacted during the purge that she was an older youngling or a very young padawan and in her mind obi-wan made it worse i'm not sure but my gut tells me she was at one time associate. I mean, every Inquisitor, as per canon, has been was a Jedi at first. Mm-hmm. But she's also the youngest Inquisitor. Mm. Um, I can see have, that. Yeah, like, we have that line where the brother, with like you know, says like you were a gutter rat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she also I don't want to phrase it this way, but she has she has more than that fearful respect for Vader. She acts like someone that kind of understands where Vader's coming from. And since she's a she, rebel or she's a Vader groupie. Well, I mean, they've already established she knows that Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't think and, about how weird that is. Um Yeah, it is a little odd because not all mostly that's like a really well kept secret. So I get like this weird vibe that like we all know that for as evil as he is, uh Anakin can also be kind of an emo kid. And he may recognize something in, like, the early years of Vader, he may recognize something in Reva of, like, oh, she had a shitty childhood like me, was manipulated. Like, he, they might have this weird kind of, you know, trauma bond together that the other Inquisitors just don't have. Because they're just tools of the, they're just the hand of the Emperor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Reva's different. Um... So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with that character, um, and where she goes. So, and the actress is great, but I've mm-hmm. liked her. In, I haven't seen her in a lot. She hasn't been in a lot, but everything she's been in, she's been fantastic. So, and that's Moses Ingram. Yep. I was thrilled um, that uh, the fifth brother is Sun Kang. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> like oh okay (laughs) good on you yeah Uh, moses ingram i think her two biggest things in queen's gambit queen's gambit and the tragedy of Macbeth. yeah i like when they're like oh her acting's wooden she's not a good actor i'm like yeah okay i'd love to see you do some shakespeare (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's again that's code for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah why is there why is there a black woman in my star wars do you guys see anson mount sticking up for her no it was and it's on his instagram he kind of lost it like he posted he basically posted the pictures that lucasfilm bid like there's no place for racism in the force kind of thing and he just kind of went off and then like ended it with like your star trek brothers and sisters will always have your back and i was like oh Yeah. It took took racists to bring Star Trek and Star Wars together. (laughs) He's he's already bringing us the best fucking Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) He can't. He oh god damn it! He can't. He can't be doing this off screen too. It's it's too much. It is too much. You guys should check out his podcast too. It's very good. What's his? He has. A, what's his podcast? It's a. Uh, oh my god! I just went blank. I I have the is internet. It, is it a Star I can Wars look it. Podcast? Oh, well, no, it's called The Well because he likes to dive deep. Um, and it's just yeah, it's totally random what he talks about. You know, sometimes he'll get another celebrity. Sometimes it's his buddy. Um. But if you like those soft, dulcet tones of Sensitive Pike when he's not on the bridge, 
that's basically what the well sounds like for 90 minutes every week. Because <laughs> he always be like, hi, I'm, I'm Anson Mount. You're listening to the well where I sit down and talk with friends with anything that we find interesting. Good Lord. He's got an interview here with Kenneth Mitchell. Nope. I can't do this. That's too much. <laughs> nope. That's a, that's a lot. Sorry. I'm, I, I don't Nope. Got to stop. We're going to, I'm going to completely derail and go back into Trek land. Yeah. No, let's stay in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I'm, I'm also excited for the Lego sets that that are coming out of this. Like I'm not like I. The last Star Wars set I bought was um, was the Razor Crest because it's the fucking Razor Crest. Um, (laughs) But man, there there's a couple coming out. um, One for. and Aaron, you can share the links if you want to. Um, one yeah. for um, me for Obi Wan, which is the Inquisitor transport scythe that comes with the Grand Inquisitor. It comes with Reva. Um, I'm undercover Obi Wan and fifth brother. Oh man, now I really yeah, want it just because it's Sun Kang. Um, they've all got those double uh, spinning lightsabers that are really cool. Do they? Uh, uh, do they come apart? It seems like it's two lightsabers with a half circle um, hilt and then when you put the hilts together the then that's when the blades spin around that circle mm-hmm. I dig it that, that's what they do because they, they use those in um, rebels yeah and then the uh, the other one is the um, the ambush on Ferrix which comes from another Star Wars show that we'll talk about, Andor. Yeah, we want to. You want to just roll right into that? Yeah, I think we've kind of. I mean, do we have more to say about Obi Wan? Not really. So, I think everyone has. Everyone more or less likes it. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, waiting it, to see more. It's capturing that era. More of it. Uh... <laughs> Good night. Mount. I yeah, I pretty much agree with all of all of your guys' sentiments, so I don't really have a ton to add. Uh cool. Oh man, I just realized the Reva mm. minifig uh has a full on mohawk. That's pretty sweet. Oh yeah, she does. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, one of my favorite uh hair pieces that they've started producing saw, in the past five, I ten saw, years. I saw something funny on, on black TikTok where um they're all like, whoa, they're all talking about how much they love Reva, and then they're stopping, they're like, wait a minute. The Death Star has people that does fucking weaves? Because she's not doing <laughs> that hair herself. They're like, we're not mad, <laughs> but who on the Death Star is doing weaves? They've got a droid. It's totally a droid. It's they always they a have droid. a droid for that. Yeah. I don't know. I've, se- I've seen videos of girls doing their own weave. What? I mean, I guess also if you're a fucking Force user, can't you just go... <laughs> and do it sure you know like a jedi might say like that's a an abuse of the force and the sith would be like whatever mm-hmm. that's true that we, like the like jedis would look at that as um frivolous it would because anakin commented when he just lifted the pair for padme and like cut it with the knife in the air he's like obi-wan would hate me doing this <laughs> so i'm just showing off 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the point of having the force if you can't like, like, be in the living room and go and just pull a beer out of the fridge? What's the point of being a Jedi if you have to get off the couch for everything you need, right? I know. Be a Samantha, not a Darren. <laughs> That's a hell of a deep cut. Well done. <laughs> yep. yes, Nicely is. done. You're all welcome. Well, from that, let's go on to Andor. They had the, the trailer dropped on Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. With, uh, for, Diego. For, for the three people who don't know, Star Wars Celebration was over the weekend. <laughs> I forgot that it was coming up until I started. I was like, oh, shit, really? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I started seeing uh, Instagram posts from friends who were there. Oh, wow. It's yeah. like, oh, right, that's this. That's uh, good for you. Yeah, I'll go some year. It's in London next year. London. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the Andor trailer uh, takes place, I think it's like a year or so before Rogue One. That's where they're placing Andor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, since he dies in Rogue One. Spoilers. <laughs> Everyone dies in Rogue One. Spoilers. Um, except Vader. Except Vader. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Wedge. Because Wedge is there, isn't he? Yes, Wedge yeah. gets away. Yeah. Wedge always uh, lives. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe he was the chosen one. I do like that this is potentially delving into an area of Star Wars that I don't think a lot of people think about when they think about Star Wars and like the Rebel Alliance um, and the harsh realities of being a very small guerrilla warfare style rebellion going up a galaxy wide empire. Um, you're going to do some morally gray shit to overthrow that empire. I think too, this is the, this is the area where people should be thinking about more when they think about star Wars. They don't because it's not the fun, mystical uh, fantasy. Right. Story of, you know, magic space wizards with laser swords mm-hmm. yeah and and and, and, and once one special family for the whole galaxy yep and yeah. it's not the um it's not the fun roguish um miscreants like han solo and lando calrissian that we love mm-hmm. um it is everyone else is getting shit on all the time yeah and shot at and blown up and mm-hmm. yeah and then, like, it, and this isn't a, a stab at um, Imperial cosplayers because I know that, like, they have taken that image and gone a completely different direction with it. But the people who are always like, yeah, I'm really into the Empire, it's like, uh huh. Don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They're snappy dressers, but fascists mm-hmm. are always really good at that shit. That's part of how you get all fascisty. Um, yeah, so I'm <laughs> I'm excited to see how they how they treat this. Um especially how it's uh how it pertains to Mon Mothma, who we saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm always excited to get more Mon Mothma. I just the character's always fascinated me. Um because historically in Star Wars, she is the one that held out the longest at this can be done in the Senate. Like we can fix this from within. We don't have to 
start a rebellion. And then eventually she becomes the fucking voice of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. And like, how does she get there? How does that impact her as well? She is the biggest, she's more of a pacifist than Bale is. And Alderaan is a completely de-weaponized planet. Like that's the point of Alderaan, you know, I mean, they have guards and whatnot, but Alderaan has no army. It has no, it has none of that. It has no military. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious to see what direction that goes in. Um, I think it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's I think it's gonna be the grittier of them. Um and if that's an element of Rogue One people didn't like, I don't see them liking Andor. Mm. You know. <laughs> so yeah. I I also don't need shout outs to other Star Wars in Andor, with the caveat of if they find a way to bring back um Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus. I'm all for it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't there, know there is not enough um, Donnie Yen in my Star Wars. There just isn't. <laughs> not enough Donnie Yen and everything. Uh, Norm just brought up there's a woman called, she does human resources cosplay for the Empire, and that is kind of hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's- if you haven't seen her. I haven't seen them on TikTok because I'm 50 and I don't have TikTok. Um, I watch <laughs> I watch my TikTok videos in my um, FYP on Instagram as God intended old men to do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, Norm's right. She is. She's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to see what else we can talk about with the Andor thing. I don't know if you guys have additional thoughts. I really don't. It, it's, a, again, like, it, it's a teaser. It doesn't tell us a lot, it, but it shows us a lot of... It doesn't show us a lot of Andor, himself, Cassian Andor himself. It shows us a lot of the part of the universe that he's in and yeah. affecting and how the Empire affects that. A lot yeah, I mean, of fascists in really nice suits. <laughs> Yeah, they always look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I never, and I didn't get a chance to see it, so... Oh, all right. Well, do we want to jump over to... Uh, everybody watch the Willow trailer? I think that was the other really big news account I saw. I mean, yeah, there's going to be the Fallen Order sequel, Jedi Survivor. There's a lot of cool Star Wars stuff coming. Yep, there's a, I, there was... Um, at the Ahsoka panel, there was the reveal that uh, Chopper is going to be in it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that ties it into Rebels, which a lot of us were expecting anyway. Yeah. I want my live action Sabine Wren. Oh, wait, we do have a live action Sabine Wren. We are getting a live action Sabine Wren. Oh, man. I would have loved to see that. Yeah. Um, John Watts of the Spider Man Home series uh, for Marvel is getting his own TV series called Star Wars Skeleton Skeleton Crew. (laughs) <laughs> which fe- focuses on a bunch of 10-year-olds and stars Jude Law not as a 10-year-old. I'm I'm presuming I don't I don't know. <laughs> that does track. I mean, he can play younger, but I think that's pushing it. That that's, that's... a little bit out of his range, I think. Yeah, just, yeah. Just a tad. Uh but yeah, the 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 complete non-Star Wars thing that got revealed at at uh celebration was 
a return to the universe of Willow. Willow Upgood? Is that right? Is that the character's name? I believe so. I will be the first to admit that I remember enjoying Willow when I first saw it, but I don't think I have ever seen it again since the first time I saw it on VHS. In or, the at 80s. My, or at my grandparents' HBO. See, and I never saw it. I saw it as an adult. Like, I had to actively seek it out because it was one of those things that was always on the TV. Like, at yeah. a grandparents that had cable or mm-hmm. at someone else's house, but I never paid attention to it. Right. And then I sat down and watched the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, this was fun. And I couldn't tell you if I've se- if I've seen it or not because if I did, I was pretty young, and again, I don't have access to those memories. So <laughs> I don't know. It feels like something I would have seen at some point, but not since childhood. Like it, it, it was a different take on the whole um, the chosen one type of thing, where mm-hmm. the the hero of the movie is not the chosen one. He's not the um, stereotypical hero. Um, He's the character that he's not even the sidekick. Like he is the character that is brought in for comic relief. And uh, Willow Efgood is played by Warwick Davis, who is a um, a little person. I don't know what the proper term is anymore for that. I believe it is still a little person. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Um, uh, and absolutely ages ageless, by the way, because I, I, yeah. I I've, I've seen some preview images, and so like current day Warwick Davis looks incredible, even though I feel like he's been around a million years. He has, but as Aaron was pointed out, when he did a Return of the Jedi and played Wicked T. Warwick, he was fourteen. You said I think he was fourteen when he was Wicked, which right. is like the age that I was when Jedi came out. So he's. <laughs> Yeah, like I I can probably look it up and find out how old he is, but that puts him in his fifties at most. Uh, no, yeah, I do, I do get that. Like part of why it seems that way is because he actually has been in the industry for so many years. But yes, yeah, uh, he's he's fifty two. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, yeah. So what? Oh, I'm Jedi? mispronouncing. It's Warwick it's Warwick, Warwick Davis. Yeah, cause... Warwick. Uh, oh yeah, he just. I just thought I had it wrong all these years. Oh, happy birthday, Warwick Davis! Yep. Yeah. So, like, I I like, uh, like the hero or the the swashbuckling hero of Willow was Mad Mardigan, played by Val Kilmer, um, mm. in one of his most iconic roles, mm-hmm. for to be sure, um. And then there was the evil queen. There was the, and, and her um, daughter that was also a female warrior that switched from being bad to being good. They have the, uh, the scary general that were for them. They have the comedic um, fairy folk that uh, run around with them. So that has all of the elements. And then there's also the chosen child who's a baby that they're trying to save. And that's, that was all Willow was supposed to do was they just protected this child and also learned how to cast spells, like went from being a, I'm just a person that lives in this tiny village. And now I'm a magician that's Hmm. in charge of this kid. So like it, it, it was it was one of those um, 
Lucas things where they, he wanted to do something different with the same story. Hmm. Yeah. And, and make something for kids again, because mm-hmm. you know, that some of Lucas's own fondest memories he talks about is going to serials as a kid at the theater. So he's like, that's what I want to do when I make movies is entertain kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it looks fun. I mean, it actually makes you want to go back and watch the movie. Like the trailer was pretty effective in that. Like, all right, maybe I need to go back. And I don't want to because I don't want to say like I didn't like Willow. I just I don't remember it leaving an impression on me. But I have since met like Willow fans, and much like Moon Knight, there are no casual. There are Willow fans. <laughs> <laughs> like they are in to Willow and I was like wow that's a really dedicated fan base I should go check it out again and, oh, and wow. I keep forgetting it was directed by Ron Howard yep I think it oh, was he must have been young it, this was, it was 1988 second... oh then he had it done because he did Splash and then and also yes Ron Howard started pretty young when he was directing um, yeah I said I don't actually know when he started directing uh, he's 68 now. Uh, Splash. Splash was his first movie. What year is Splash? 1984. Uh, it's like, I feel like I just saw a poster for Splash. Uh, you did. 84. Nope. 84. Night Shift was his first movie. Oh, oh yeah. 1982. <laughs> this is Chuck to remind Bill to shut up. Who shut up? I don't know if I've seen that. Night shift. That night shift was uh, Keaton, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Keaton and Henry, um, Henry, and Henry Winkler. Winkler, of course. Huh. Uh, yeah, they end up becoming uh, they end up becoming pimps mm-hmm. working the night shift of a morgue. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. But well, the way they do it though is that Henry Winkler actually. Like the women keep weight, they only get like 10%, and he creates like retirement plans and investment portfolios for him. Because the whole reason why Henry Winkler's character takes a job at the night shift or the morgue is he's a burned out corporate accountant. It's a weird movie. God damn, it had Shelley Long in it too. Jeez. Ah. That's so weird. And Clint Howard. Oh, he, oh yeah. man. Well, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he did Night Shift, and then he did Splash. Yep. And, and I, then... if I remember the story correctly, they were trying to raise money for Splash, and he seriously because he got offered a certain amount of money to do a to star in a porn because they were going to call it Opie Gets Laid, and he's mentioned that he got really close because they were so hard up for money. But he was like, but if I make a porn, I won't ever get to make reg- quote regular movies. But it was going to be called Opie Gets Laid. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and you did just see I, the poster being, it was in the bathroom at Movie Madness. Yep. The Tom yep. Hanks bathroom, it was very unsettling. <laughs> That's a weird choice, right? An all-Tom Hanks bathroom? Yeah, well, you know. Like, yeah, it is. Yes, you're not wrong. Okay, making sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's uh, had such a long career. Tom Hanks? Or Ron uh, Howard? No, Ron Howard. That dude has been in front of or behind a camera consistently since 1959. Mm-hmm. 
that's just yeah. Which means since he was four, since he was born in fifty four. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, five. Fifty four to fifty nine is when nineteen fifty nine is when the Andy Griffith Show started. I mean, we're we're slicing. We're whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Splitting hairs. Um. Yeah, that's the and he yeah and he's sixty eight now. Is it when was the last thing he directed? He was Dennis the Menace before he was Opie. God damn. Anyway. I don't see that on here. Andy Griffith was 1960 to 1968. And he also played. He was Opie and Dennis the Menace at the same time then. He's also played Opie on multiple things. He was Opie Taylor on Mayberry RFD. He was Mm -hmm. Opie on Gomer Pyle, USMC. Gentle Ben. Uh, uh, The. Where's the other one? Um, uh, he did a Twilight Zone Danny episode? Thomas show. Jesus, hey, it's the it's the Ron Howard episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude's been busy for is, uh, long, yeah, long and, time. And I just, to me, he was like Opie wasn't the first thing that I knew him as. Um, Richie Cunningham was what I knew him best as mm-hmm. because I I grew up in the Happy Days era, right. Yeah, I I know him best from Happy Days. I never, I don't think I ever really watched Andy Griffith show, but but I knew it was in syndication, so like I could have, mm-hmm. and that's why I, that's why I always remember and little Ronnie Howard, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though I never watched it. His greatest role, of course, being the narrator in Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get onto Ron Howard? Oh, Willow. Willow. <laughs> yes. Which I, which I think we covered. I think we I think we're we're done with Willow. Yeah, I'm yeah. It, Was that a John Williams score also? I'm Probably. sure it was. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I, I'm not even gonna go back and check because I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Uh, I do like the fact that um Warwick Davis is not the only person coming back for um Willow. Like I don't see her name immediately in the credits, but I saw her in the trailer. Uh, Joanne Wally is going to be in it. Oh, nice. And Joanne Wally was the evil queen's warrior daughter who then switches sides because she falls in love with Mad Mardigan. Right. Spoilers. Um, and, and they're daughters in the show, too. Spoilers. That that would make sense. The um, They're... One of the actors that's in this is Aaron Kellyman, who we recently saw in, or last year in um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, she, right. She was uh, Carly, Carly Morgenthau, the um, the soup, the woman who was the super soldier and kept giving the super soldier serum to other people. Right. And if you watch um, the Green Knight, she was also in that. Oh, yeah. As Winifred. I still need to watch. That. And I believe Val Kilmer is going to have a cameo in this because he's got a cameo in Top Gun also. Oh, does he? Okay. He does. Yeah. And they use that AI technology that he did so that it's his voice, but he's not talking. Right. They like sample everything he ever said. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, with It'll his blessing. I mean, that was with his blessing. They didn't just be like, surprise. Right, well, because he agreed to be in it, but he can't say anything in it, so, no. Yeah, not really, yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll <laughs> be cool. 
Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think that's all we've got from Star Wars Celebration. That's yeah, that's that we so. want to dive into and whatnot. Um, yeah. What the hell are we supposed to do next? Oh, Avatar. Avatar, the last airbender. That's it. I'm reading the scroll. Like, what was next? It's right there. Um, it's right there on the tent. I know. And this is a great spot to take a stop for our sponsors. First up, of course, we have Guardian Games. They have been Portland's longest sponsor and our longest. Wait, they have been Portland's long, biggest game store and our longest sponsor. There you go. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, but easier than saying all that is finding them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Um, you know, this month, uh, June, it's kicking off Pride Month. And, you know, normally that's when every company out there slaps their, you know, their rainbow logo. And, you know, Waylon Utani says building better worlds for gay people. Um, you know, kind of like that, stuff like that. Guardian Games is different. Like, yeah, they're going to celebrate Pride and whatnot, but Guardian Games is always given a focus or, you know, like a highlight to LGBTQ plus creators. Um, So, yeah, check it out. They've always got that table up, or maybe they just didn't take it down from last year. Either way, there's some cool stuff on that table, both, uh, you know, solo games and board games and card games and RPGs and all that good stuff, just to show you that the world of gaming is also made better when it is more diverse. So... Check them out, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you are there, please thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio, just like RevNat's Hard Cider. Uh, You know, we're still recording separately. Eventually, we're all going to record together in Guardian Games. Uh, And RevNat's is still going to be there helping us out with equipment to make sure the show sounds great. So check them out. You know, not only is it great cider, but RevNat's Cider always helps the community as well, you know, kind of using their success and privilege to lift up and support other folks who maybe need that help. And um, they'll be they'll be pouring some samples at the Cider Fest June 10th and 11th, where I will also be there, uh, work on the RevNat booth. So come by if you're over 21, of course, say hi to RevNat, say hi to me, get some cider and have a good time. Just like this episode of Geek in the City Radio. So I got a li- I probably got a little ahead of the the game because we didn't I'm all messed up now on like episode numbers from like what Netflix tells you versus what the chapter name numbers are. Cuz last that's week beca- we did That's because the Serpent's Pass and the Drill are merged into a single fracking episode. Um and then on I think Netflix. I think you said we were going to do uh, episodes 13 and 14 this week. Right. Mm-hmm. Episode 13 is The Drill. Which was the second... Like, like if you look at it on the episode breakdown on Netflix, it's just called The Secrets of the Fire Nation. Yes. And it's a 47-minute episode. It's because they just merged episode 12 and 13 together. So... Episode 12 was the Serpent's Pass. That was the actual name of the episode. Episode 13 is The Drill. But on Netflix, they call it one episode. Right. Serpent, uh, secrets of what have you. Okay. Now I understand. Right. Did I watch the wrong episodes then? You're probably fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, the, The episodes that we should have watched for today are The Drill and... The City of Walls and Secrets, which is episode 14, where we finally get into uh, Ba Sing Se proper. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, well, so I, I watched one wrong one then. I watched the one after they get into the city also, Tales of Bossy Singh. Tales of Bossy Singh. Then I you're did also, I did also see that, but I didn't like skip anything, so we're good. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, um, I'll let you guys kind of lead uh, the drill. I don't really have a ton to say about the episode. <laughs> um, well, we'll go with the synopsis. Uh, after arriving at the Great Wall of Ba Sing Se, and the gang discovered that the Fire Nation has constructed a great drilling machine to penetrate the wall. The drill is also followed by an army of Fire Nation troops. Also, Zuko and Iroh are having trouble hiding the fact that they are both firebenders. It's not how I would phrase that, but okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. The the, the drill was... Um, I think it just showcases... I don't know. The, the ruthlessness? I, I don't know. The, I, I think if anything, it's the first time we get to see Aang really kick some ass in um, yeah. in earthbending. But, mm-hmm. and I won't get into it too much, but since at least some of us have seen uh, Tales of Bossing Say, uh, that's a much better display in that episode. So... Yeah, like, I, I, I guess I want to talk more about the drill, except I there's nothing... Nothing stood out to me. Exactly. That's like, that's what I mean. It's, it's like, it was... I, I feel like it was meant to be like a... Like the end of a, like the big ending to a, to a longish arc. Mm-hmm. And so it should have felt more climactic and it didn't. Yeah. Like it does all of the things it needs to. It showcases how, how tough it is to actually get into the walled city, Bossing Se, how completely blase the people of Bossing Se seem to be about attacks from the Fire Nation. Um, or at least starts hinting at it. Right. Um, like the, it again showcases that um, Azula is the big bad for season two. Yeah. Along and I'm not quite sure where the the uh, her two henchmen are going to end up. Um, like one of them. Always refers to um, Sokka as cute, so I'm like, you're 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 gonna flip sides. I feel like that that's what this keeps edging towards. You think so? I think so. I like yeah, she I... she seems to be in it more for the thrill and the fun of it. She's not actively trying to cause people's death. The other two are, like the the bored one would love to kill someone because I think she finds that to be less boring. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And uh, and then Azula just she wants to she literally wants to bring the head of Aang's head to her father yes. like on a pike. <laughs> um, yeah. What think, you, go ahead. Sorry. What is interesting about this episode is uh, technically every character does get to showcase their, their skills and abilities. And Sokka is the only non-bender on the, that, on that team. 
team team Aang or team team Avatar. I think he mm-hmm. keeps calling him. But what he is bringing to the table, whether anyone would appreciate it or not, was like a lot of really good intelligence and uh, trying to display leadership. I don't think it was quite working out the way he hoped it would. But it's not an invaluable thing that he did. And and then again, like the the, the finding the the map and like helping formulate the plan that worked and saved the day that's that's vital and like Sokka is the one that did that mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you that I think Sokka gets uh, underappreciated um, well he plays he plays a dum-dum a lot of the time um, he's written as a dum-dum except he's not like yeah, he, he acts- showcasing the fact that he's not really dumb Yes, exactly. He just acts the fool. He does. He acts mm-hmm. foolish a lot, which then gets people to underestimate him. And then he actually is more military, militarily savvy than his opponents. That yeah. is, yeah, I forgot. This is not even the first time that he has been like the tactical brains of an operation. Mm-hmm. He's he's the team strategist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Like Katara is the team adult, but he's the team strategist. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I did think that uh, the city's the city of Wall and Secrets is a better episode, and oof, I think showcases like everyone talks about the fact that the Fire Nation is supposed to be um, analogous to the United States. Mm-hmm. I think it's half of it. And the walled city of Basing say is the other half. Uh, the half that yeah. keeps their head in the sand. Yes. That episode was super frustrating. Um, well, not in, t- well, yes, head in the- it is intentionally, but only by a certain amount of people. Um, because the rest have no idea. <laughs> um, but even before they got really heavy on the whole, like, no, 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 we don't talk about the war here. We It's just, it, it'll upset people. It'll create panic. Even before they got to that part, it was super frustrating. Like, just like this, like, Kafka-esque bureau- bureaucratic system. They're like, we have important news that we need to share with the leaders of this city. And they're like, let's put you on a train that tour the whole city. Like, mm-hmm. we'll let, we'll we'll inform them, and we'll hear back in six to eight weeks whether or not your request has been approved. And I'm like, bitch, this is vital, urgent information. It, yeah, it, it gave me like Brazil vibes of like, no, yes. every, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Everything's, Everything's fine. fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's supposed to be unnerving to the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, it did a lot of like the uh, the the forced uh, memory wipe that they did on Jet. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the disappearing of their first guide. Oh my god! I almost forgot. Those are the creepiest parts. Yes, like those are fucking disturbing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the 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 replacing one person with another uh, is the is the probably the most unsettling 
Yeah. Uh, and not the brainwashing? Okay. Yeah, I feel like the brainwashing was pretty fucked up. Yeah. They're they're both they're right they're they're neck and neck. I, I but here's the thing is the brainwashing thing happens like in secrecy, right? But they just like deleted another human being mm-hmm. and put a new one in her exact same place, same name and everything. And now like she's just gonna go out into the world with that same person's name and pretend to be her, and it's not the same person. I, I don't know. I, it feel, that one feels more sinister to me because it's out in the open. Uh, and also because the, the powers that be are, you know, then gaslight Team Avatar. Like, no, no, this is this is your guy, Jody. That is not Jody. Yes, it yeah. is. This is the same Jody we've had the entire time. Yeah. 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 That's that's more disturbing to me. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I do remember when they first introduced the uh, was it the Dai Li? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're evil. That's some secret police shit. Like mm-hmm. the moment they see them, I'm like, yeah, those are not just city guards. <laughs> they yep. dis- they disappear people. Yep. And and then they did. And then oh. they did. But it's not that horrible as a nerd because they did it under orders of Clancy Brown. So you got that going for it. See, I had to watch that episode today at work, and I had the volume <laughs> off and only listened or read the caption, so I didn't hear any of the voice actors in this episode. Yeah, mm. he's just one of those voices. The minute you hear, you're like, "Oh, Fancy Brown, this is going to be a cool character, or at least an interesting and character." Evil. Not always. Usually, always. Usually, always. Usually. Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Still one of the best Lex Luthers. Yep. Oh, where does he play Lex Luthor? Adventures is. Uh, Adventures of Superman, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. Oh, okay. The yes. the Batman a- animated series universe. Yeah. Gotcha. God damn. Uh, that just reminded me that of the Twitter exchange that happened a few years back. When it was where, Superman's birthday? Yeah, it was Superman's birthday and John Cryer, who was playing Lex Luthor on Supergirl at the time, just made it. It's like let's celebrate Superman's birthday. It was like a DC comic thing. He's like, eh, I don't know, kind of a like. He's not all that great, guys. And then Michael Rosenbaum <laughs> tweeted right back at him. It was like seconded. No, no, it was it was Clancy Brown that said seconded. Clancy Brown seconded. And then Michael Rosenbaum said, also kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all three Lex Luthers in a row. I'm like, this is. I love this. I love this yeah. so much. I love all three of these actors. They they. Were wonderful Lex Luthers. Yeah, they all understood the assignment, as the kids say. Oh, they did. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent did. Yeah, I don't think the kids are saying that anymore. Well, I'm catching playing. Just an FYI. All right. I mean, kids is relative. Like, yeah, I say that, and I mean people in their forties. So, yeah. <laughs> but fine. When I say it, I do mean the kids because they're right behind me. However, when I say millennial, I mean people in their 30s. I don't mean teenagers because I know millennials are not teenagers. I, is that is that still a problem? Do people still not know? Yes. Like, what yes. boomers still think millennials are fucking teenagers. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. we've come up with what that one's called yet. The current teenagers? Yeah. Because they're not Gen Z. Gen Z are 20-year-olds. Wow. They probably have to start all the way at the top again, right? Gen A. The alphas. 
Ugh. I don't want to give him that kind of power right away. I'm going to call him Apocletines. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's terrible because it's true. Trademark copyright geeking the city radio. Yeah. Apocletines. Yeah. Don't worry, it'll get stolen eventually. <laughs> uh, where were we? We were in Ba Sing Se. Yeah. <laughs> the happy, creepy city. It, so, yeah, I like the fact that they have a district for poor people and refugees, the fact that they have a, a district for rich people. The, um, everything is being turned to blind eye. This is like, this is... So if the Fire Nation represents the government and the military of the United States, then the walled city of Basing say represents the civilian quarter of it, the civilian sector. Mm-hmm. And the two of these combined are the reason that everything is still fucking awful. Because if everyone in Basing say went, Oh, maybe we, since we have the actual power to stop the fire nation, maybe we should, but we're too distracted. Yeah. And we don't oh. talk about the war because it's unpleasant. Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. don't mention the war. Which yep. which they can ignore, or at least they think they can ignore, because they live in an impenetrably walled city. Right, which like there's the exterior wall of Basingse, and then there's the interior wall of Basingse, and then there are multiple walls within that. Like But that assumes your enemy doesn't come from above one day. Well, yeah, the Fire Nation really likes to do. Yeah, yeah, they've got hot air balloons and shit. What are they bothering with a drill for? Because they haven't really figured out hot air balloons. Like they've hot air balloons for the Fire Nation are still in prototype phase. Oh, that's right, because they were getting them from that Air Nation tribe, and then the Air Nation tribe fought back. Those weren't Air Nation. They were squatters in an Air Nation temple. Yeah. Well, and then which nation do they originate from? They, I think they never were, gets covered. They they were just more refugees. Okay. The Air Nation, the only person living from the Air Nation is Aang. They're you're right. You're no, right. Yeah, uh, they're all dead. In the beginning of the episode, he he thought that they were. Yep. They were Air Nation folks. Um, yeah, my wires crossed. Cool, cool, cool. Um, the point is, Fire Nation does not have hot air balloons mm-hmm. yet. Not yet. Yet. Uh, I really liked the ongoing Uncle Iroh joke of of Jet being like, "I saw him warm up his tea," and they're like, "Yeah, he makes tea. He he, he works in a tea shop." Dude. <laughs> and then at the tea shop, he he, he warms up his tea, and the one guard's <laughs> like, "Yeah, he runs a tea shop." Like, it's like the that, delivery. That- the delivery is always really good on that, but he he makes it hot. That's his job. <laughs> Poor Jet. I, I have no idea how the Jet storyline plays out. It feels to me that uh, oh, we lost Bean. That's right. And she was so offended by, by Jet. Okay, um, and she's back. Yay! That was weird. You guys started talking about me being gone, but I could still see and hear you and myself. That was strange because you weren't here. Like, if you look at the Twitch feed, you're gone. Like, I'm looking at it right now. Not there. Not there. Still not there. There you are. (laughs) I, I, my, my, my leg might be at a different point. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, Technology. Well, now I'm waiting. To, now I'm waiting for me to disappear. It's the future. Uh, and now she's disappeared again. Okay, I, I, I did that. That one was mean. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> but not the first time. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I feel as though one of the directions that they could go with the Jet storyline is the person that has to break him out of prison and save him has got to be Zuko to make right. it also part of Zuko's um, reformation. Yeah, his his slow redemption. But I I don't know. Like I I have no idea. So like I I, I know that I know that Zuko and Team Avatar do join forces. I know that. Um, But uh, I don't know in the random, like we will have it on at work. So I've seen like bits and pieces of of season three. Like I have no idea if I ever see jet anymore past season two. So I do. I just know that season three has the episode that I'm really, really looking forward to watching. With, Which and, one is and that? And talking about it's fucking hilarious is the one that, the, that it is. It, it's an episode that comes close to the, like, it's thrown in as a way to kind of break the tension before they go right into, like, the series finale of, like, four or five, three to four episodes of nothing but, good God, it's Aang versus the, the Fire Lord Ozai. Mm, and the world no. is going to end. But uh, yeah, I've I've seen it on there, like on the screen. I saw it start to play, and I'm like, I asked someone at work that's watched. I'm like, I'm sorry, is this what's happening on the screen right now? It's like, yeah, this is the most meta episode in the entire series. I'm like, this is hilarious. I can't wait to get here. Oh man, I'll have to see. Yeah, well, we'll get there. Yep. We're at about the halfway point for the series right now. Hello. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because if each season is twenty-ish episodes, and we're that, so we're halfway through the second season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're over because we've got the Tales of Bossing Say and Appa's Lost Days are Oof. episodes fifteen and sixteen. And then, yeah, I see. I accidentally watched one ahead, but well, oh, that episode coming up. Just the just one part of it is rough. The rest of it is actually kind of nice. And I'm yeah, sure no, we'll talk about it next week, but it's the one episode. It's the one. It's the one section of it that I was not expecting. Did emotions to me. Well, Cable, have you seen it yet? I have not. Okay, then then we will not talk. No, I was like, well, we could, but no, we're not ready. Um, it, the the episode that I'm referencing in in the third season is called the Ember Island Players. I I, I looked ahead at the episodes list, and then episodes eighteen through twenty one is just Sozin's Comet parts one through four. We might have to like set aside a whole episode to talk about just the whole finale, and then like, I, I think so. I, I think, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I think um, I might take a, a cl- closer look at some of these. Oof, because there's uh, there seem to be a lot of two parters in season three. Mm, so we might have to like redo the count. It's where they yeah. go full DS9. It just keeps going. <laughs> That's kind of what I was expecting, really. 
it does it does start off pretty episodic, but now we've got some like returning characters and some deeper through lines. Yeah, episodes ten and uh, season three, episodes ten and eleven are called Day of the Black Sun, parts one and two. Uh, episodes fourteen and fifteen are The Boiling Rock, parts one and two. So, and then nice. like like I said, eighteen through twenty one is just called Susan's Comet, parts one through four. Oof. <laughs> but yeah, that that's why uh, the episode "The Ember Island Players" exists, so that you get one last. It's like one Here's last the funny kid show that <laughs> you all started watching, and it's great. Not not a unicorn chaser, but like just like a unicorn break <laughs> before you get into the real heavy shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know me, I love the heavy shit. Bring it on. <laughs> that's true. Uh, man. Yeah, I think that's all we got. Yeah. That was like we burned through stuff, man. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> talk. And cheap. Uh, I and didn't bring June, this up. June is tomorrow. Sure is. My yeah. birthday month. Yay. Woo. We really got to figure out when we're doing those commentaries. Yeah, we we for reals do. Right, but we can talk, talk about that off air. Yeah. Um, one quick thing. I didn't bring it up before because I. it's not like an earth-shattering thing, but it is kind of end of an era regardless of how you feel about this person. But uh, Joe Casada officially left Marvel today after 20 years. Amicably, like he wrote a really nice letter saying, like, I'm proud of what I've done. You haven't seen the last of me at Marvel doing stuff, but I am leaving Marvel to pursue other things. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, He is arguably one of the reasons why, like, we, you could make an argument that without Joe Quesada, we would not have gotten the Netflix Marvel shows. Because him and Paul Miotti brought through the Marvel Knights line, they brought back a version of the Punisher. And, like, they reinvigorated Daredevil. I believe Quesada's who greenlit Bendis' Jessica Jones, like, all of that. Mm hmm. Um, you know, was kind of under Casada's helm, and that's that's an impressive run. Um, I know people have had issues with him in the past because no one's perfect, but uh, that's that's a hell of a run. I'm curious to see what he does next. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was like I said, not a big big thing, but like you know, in the world of comics, that's a pretty big deal having uh, having Casada move on to other things. That is a big deal. Yeah. So. Uh, what are we going to yeah. do next week? Uh, is it next week that we are having a guest? No, it is two no, weeks. It's in two weeks. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Mm, totally well, we can say it. We're, yeah, we can talk about it now. It's not like we're going to have on. Uh, are we having on just Chris Waffle or are we having he and Sarah? Uh, that's a good question. I assumed both because it's their joint project. Right. Um, But I don't actually have confirmation on that because uh, I, I, I scheduled that interview on the fly. Um, but we can, we can say Chris Waffle uh, of Mega Thruster mm-hmm. uh, and his partner, Sarah Spoon, who is also a friend of the show have are putting out um, a rap EP together. Their project name is like, you know, they're they're as a duo. They are the Chris Waffle explosion. Um. <laughs> And they they kickstarted the album, and now they're 
in the like the final stages of like getting that all together and uh and so he's going to come on he or they will be on the show uh on the what day was that the 14th june 14th yep. uh in in advance of the album release to to talk about their uh, their bangers as sarah would call them sweet yeah that'd be, that'd be cool yeah that'd be yeah. Really fun. yeah yeah um, I, 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 I am still i know we talked about it off air i i don't have a problem being vague here i'm still talking to someone at wizards of the coast to pop on about an interview for uh, Adventures in the Radiant Citadel. No. Which has been delayed. It has been delayed, I think, for printing issues. Mm. Yep. Well, every, everything is delayed. The Wizards yeah. announced a, a bunch of both Magic and D&D delays. Yeah. Um, but if you're still interested, go to your local comic book store, and, or comic, not comic <laughs> book store, local, friendly local game store, and pre-order right. it. Especially Don't go to the unfriendly that. one. Yeah. No, no one goes there. Fuck them. <laughs> no. um, you, have cho- you have choices now, nerds. Yeah, um, but yeah, especially if you want the fancy um, hobby store cover, which I've seen. It looks very cool. Yep. Yeah, um, I know that in three weeks, I will have a report from this year's Lego Con, Woo! which Sweet. is in two Saturdays from now. The one in Portland. No, th- this isn't. Uh, a, this is. Uh, they did. Lego did this last year as well. It's a virtual convention. Oh, it okay. is essentially their version of celebration that they host through the internet. If all, you, feel free to watch it if you want to as well, and we can talk about it. But otherwise, I'll just kind of report what goes on. Nice. All right. I am looking forward to that. Yep. Well, thanks everybody ahead. for for tuning in. Uh, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Ben Rita. And I am Cable Hashtani. We'll talk to you all next week.